Funding for this edition of Think Tank with Steve Adubato has been provided by RWJ Barnabas Health, New Jersey Institute of Technology, NJIT, makes a difference in our students' futures, the New Jersey Economic Development Authority, PSENG, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future, Valley Bank, United Airlines, Gibbons PC, Summit City MD, a provider of primary, specialty, and urgent care. And by Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters. We build tomorrow's workers. Promotional support provided by ROINJ, informing and connecting businesses in New Jersey. And by the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. This is Steve Adubato. More importantly, this is Think Tank, a very talented producer who represents all of the great producers behind the scene is our senior producer, Nicole Swinerton. See, you didn't expect that introduction, did you? That was very kind. Thank you. <laughs> you know, that, that also represents uh, what I feel like after an incredibly long day of taping, which this is right now, and all the team who works behind the scenes. And by the way, also thank... Uh, Elvin Badger and Frank Brown, who on the production side make everything happen, our director, our audio engineer, Nick, my son, uh, our son, sorry, Jen, and all of our great producers. Uh, by the way, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Can you, can you name all of our producers who are on this line right now? Of course, we have Can't Jackie Heyer, Lauren Gary, Michaela Batts, and Erica Zumel. Yep, uh, and by the way, who runs our operation every day? What's her name? Mary Gamba. Right. And our, who's who's a great the greatest marketing executive ever? Laura Van Bloom, of course. We got a great team. We do. Sorry, we're just indulging ourselves. So listen, let's set up. You know what? We're entrepreneurial in what we do. And so is the guy you're about to meet, Gary Vanderchuk, Gary V. Great guy. What did you take away, Nicole? Gary's awesome. He talks all about entrepreneurship and how it's impacted by this these crazy past few months we've been living in, um, how the job market is changing, how you still have to be innovative while uh, taking a step back and really looking at how you can improve everything you do, whether it be uh, your operations at work or your family life at home. So um, he gave a really compelling interview. You know, it's one thing to say we're entrepreneurial, but one of the ways I know we are is because we have to raise money to do what we do. And that comes from very generous uh, supporters, our sponsors. Tell folks who they are. Yes, we would love to thank NJIT, the New Jersey Economic Development Authority, PSENG, and Valley Bank. Yeah, and whole range. By the way, do, do the others real quick. Are there any sure. others? Sure. We would love to also thank RWJ Barnabas Health, United Airlines, Gibbons PC, Summit Medical Group. Eastern Atlantic and ROI and NJBIA. So let me tell you something. We work really hard <laughs> behind the scenes, raising money, putting the media partnerships together um, to do what we do. So uh, we are, in fact, as Gary Vee says, we are crushing it. Can you see that? We uh, are. Can we see that? Yeah, I hope we can. So, uh, folks, listen, 
Gary Vee is a social media genius, marketing guru, brilliant author, podcaster. And um, while he's significantly younger than I am, he's someone that I greatly admire and learn from every day. And when it comes to business, without further ado, Gary Vee on Think Tank. Hi, this is Steve Adubato, and I want to welcome in Nicole Swinerton, who is the senior producer of our Think Tank program. Hey, Nicole, people are about to see an interview, a very compelling, timely, relevant interview with the one and only Gary V. Gary Vanderchuk. Um, he's an author. He's an entrepreneur. He's Gary V. He's amazing, isn't he? He is, and he has so much incredible advice to offer people these days as someone who's an entrepreneur. Uh, figuring out how to be an entrepreneur during these super challenging times is uh, really interesting to hear from him. And I mean, he also talks about many other things as well, sports and, and other things as well. So, you know, the other thing he talked about, and you'll, you'll see Gary Vee in a minute, is we talked about college. Gary Vee was in our studio at WNET in New York and, um, at the Tisch WNET studio. And I remember last time we had him, he was talking about how college sometimes is overrated for some kids and they just shouldn't really go to college. They should put that money into something else. And I remember arguing with him and he said, COVID changes that discussion a lot as to the value and quotes of college. Remember that? Yep. He even says that he's starting to get some um, uh, feedback from people who back in the day weren't so happy with him saying my kid shouldn't go to college. But now people are hearing, well, I don't really want to pay for my kid to go to college and you're not getting the experience. Mm. So things uh, have taken a turn, that's for sure. They sure have. By the way, I just want to make sure everyone knows that I advocate, Nicole advocates, we advocate going to college, even though it's different. Hey, without further ado, Nicole and I will be out back on the back end for about a minute uh, talking about what Gary said, but without further ado, the one, the only Gary V, Gary Vanderchuk. Hi folks, I'm Steve Adubato. You can see we are producing remotely. It is in fact, August the 4th. So Everyone's clear. We never try to trick anyone with the timing. We're honored to be joined once again by um, Gary Vanderchuk, who is a CEO of VaynerMedia, chairman of VaynerX. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. One of my favorites of all time, Gary. You recognize <laughs> that? You. I sure do. You're very kind. Well, let's do this. You've been with us in our New York studio, WNET and uh, Lincoln Center, and it's one of our most popular interviews, and that's why in this age of COVID, in this age of unpredictability, uncertainty. Define this for me. You ready? Yes, sir. An entrepreneur in 2020 in the age of COVID is? Dealing with the truths of entrepreneurship that haven't been dealt with for the last decade, which is adversity. We've had this incredible economic boom for a decade. And, you know, for the last two years, because I'm like, man, how long could this last? I've been putting out a ton of content of like, are you saving money? Are you aware that things could happen? Never in a gajillion years do I think it comes in the form of something like COVID. Um, but I, I believe an entrepreneur today, she and he are earning their, their points uh, because it's not easy out there. Gary, you know, one of the things that's always struck me about you is your confidence. And uh, no matter what, I've seen you in all kinds of forums. You get asked challenging questions. I've seen you in media situations. You've been with us so many times. In this time of this global pandemic, with so much uncertainty and fear, are you afraid? And if so, of what? Only, only from my parents or loved ones or loved ones of people I love getting sick. Not from a business standpoint, Steve, mainly on the back of, you know, I feel confident in my craft, you know, 
as a young man, I go into my dad's liquor store business in Springfield, New Jersey, and 9-11 happens immediately. Boom, punch in the face, you're, you're you know, 25 year old, you gotta navigate this business. You know, 2008 was really rough. At this mm. point, you know, I, I feel confident in my capabilities. And I think really to go even deeper into the psychology of it, I think a lot of us in society need to be comfortable with the step back. And let me explain that. There's sure. a lot of people watching right now that actually should sell their home or turn in their car or not buy the new pair of Jordans or not go to the same resort this holiday season if they were allowed COVID, blah, blah, blah. I think the thing that has enabled me to fear less and have more confidence is I'm okay if the game that I love, entrepreneurship, if I go cold in it, and have to actually take the massive humility pill of going backwards to go forward again. And I believe at this point in my life, the thing that I've assessed is a lot of people are just petrified of a step backwards, mainly uh, because of the judgment of loved ones and society. And so for me, that has kept me confident and lacking fear, even during times like this. To me, it's my great-grandmother, you know, was born in the Soviet Union. My great-grandmother, like, old-school character. It was just basically very simple. You can have anything you want, but if you don't have health, all of it doesn't matter. And that was ingrained in me, and I live that way. Is You know, I am scared because this is a health crisis, but if we're talking in the context of entrepreneurship or the framework of the question, no, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of VaynerMedia and VaynerX and all these things go out of business. I'll, I'll go back into the dirt. You know, I wonder because I have 15 years or more on you, for those of us who are older, considerably older than you, do you understand the fear that some folks have that you have all those years ahead of you and you can reinvent yourself, you have, you will, you did after 9-11, you did after um, the horrific situation of the recession. Do you understand older folks feeling more fearful or you don't buy the age thing? Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm very practical. So older folks, I'm, you know, I at 59, listen, I actually believe in my 80s and 90s, there's, I'm going to be a different version of myself because to your point, I use the optimism of time. I don't think like a tree's going to fall on me or things right. of that nature. I buy it if someone is 80. If someone's 65, I try to, ch I have a lot of contemporaries, friends, uh, 65 feels awfully young to me. I feel like there's time in that decade or two ahead. I also will say this, we have to make saving money cool again. You know, like, like you know, there's always circumstances. There's a lot of people who don't right. want to take a step back because they just want to live fancy. That's different than somebody who's 72 and has zero money to their name. You know, so I think it's circumstantial. And I do think that you have to have empathy that when you have more time, you do have more chance to rebuild. At the same token, we need to change the conversation of credit and savings and go a little more old school. If you're watching right now, whether you're 22 or 82, saving a percentage of money for a rainy day is something we have to bring back. It's completely lost in society. You know, it's interesting. You've used the term uh, step back several times. But at the same time, in, in my work, and I've taught you know about the work I do around leadership development, a big theme, and also with our broadcasting, innovation, 
We're yes. innovating in this way. If you look at what we did in March, it doesn't look nearly as good as it does now because the camera is better, the lighting is better. We're innovating and we're not the only ones, all, everyone in the media and other industries as well. But here's my question. How do you quote, take a step back while at the same time, never stop innovating and being creative and moving forward? Is that a contradiction paradox or what? It's a great question. When I talk about step back, I talk about injecting humility into the mindset of, hey, this may require this. In action, in action, it's three steps ahead to your point. I mean, you know, to me, I'm mentally prepared if things get incredibly scary, while in action, I'm recalibrating our real estate strategy for next year. Do we need that many offices? I'm, you know, our production facility, to your point, same as this. Yep. We've become unbelievably efficient in this environment. So I've said step back, but please make sure everybody who's listening understands I'm talking about humility. And then as far as action and operations, I'm talking about encompassing new behavior. I've had restaurant friends where I'm like, hey, like I've been telling you about Uber Eats and Postmates for six years. You said, I don't need that. I've been in the neighborhood for 29 years. Well, here's why. Doing the right COVID thing. COVID is why. Correct. COVID is why. Correct. And I say to them, look, I didn't know COVID was coming, but I definitely know that not betting on what's happening with consumers always leaves you vulnerable. You know, it's, Gary, I'm going to take you back as young as you are to research in motion, parent company of BlackBerry. Mm -hmm. And I remember interviewing the CEO at the time of Research in Motion, and I'll never forget, he said to me, we were talking about where they were in the marketplace. And then you're talking to somebody who was one of the last people that had a BlackBerry, right? <laughs> I was one of the last, right, talk about old school. I'll never forget, he said to me, well, you think people are gonna wanna take pictures on their phone, are you serious? and Kodak saying the same thing. And he was convinced at the time that Research in Motion as the parent company of BlackBerry, they had all the apps they needed, they had everything they needed, technology was right. Now, Apple's doing what Apple was doing and Research in Motion, BlackBerry, seriously? My point is this, for people who think, I got it, we've got the formula, status quo is the plan, that's lunacy. It's not only that, it's audacity and it's selfish mind you know, strategy, what I mean by that is, I'm always on to what humans are doing, not what's good for me. I've seen too many companies go out of business with the way that that person was talking to you, which is, I want it to sound this way because <laughs> it's good for my business. Right. <laughs> you know, to me, I'm always trying to put myself out of business before somebody else puts me out of business. Vayner what does that mean? VaynerMedia is a leading ad agency Mad Men 2020, right? We do pictures right. and videos and run ads on the mobile device in a way that's really progressive. But I know, even though that we're leading an agency landscape, that there might be a technology that comes along that makes creative cheaper, and that puts me in a vulnerable spot. I'd rather invent that technology than wait for somebody else to do it. When I started a dot-com for my dad's wine business in 1997, I knew that it was coming. And so even though I knew nothing about computers or the internet or had any kind of vibe, I'm like, I'm gonna learn this because I'm gonna do it before somebody does it to us. And what that, was your dad's the, reaction, by the way? I'm sorry for interrupting, Gary. No, it's right. My dad's reaction what was, your dad's was reaction? you know, I was 21 at the time. I'd been working in the store since I was 14 and he saw that I was serious, hardworking and had it. So to my dad's credit, even though I was extremely young, 
he supported it. He, he intuitively understood I had something. He was definitely, uh, there's one counter story. I was on the computer upstairs above the register trying to make the website launch and he got a little frustrated because some of the customers on the floor weren't getting help and he ran up there and he said, stop playing on the computer, go help those customers. <laughs> Other than that, full support the whole time. By the way, tell Gary, I'm sorry, Gary, tell everyone Please. the kind of industry we're talking about. I don't want to assume that people all know you're talking about what kind a liquor of liquor store. My, my dad had a liquor store in New Jersey called Shoppers Discount Liquors. We were in Springfield. We had Summit, Milburn, Short Hill. Mm. So there was some affluence. I noticed people wanted wine. I rebranded it to Wine Library, launched winelibrary.com, and we became one of the largest wine retailers in the country. The rest is history. You know, you, the last time you were at the Tish WNET studio at 66th and Broadway, and I knock on wood, we'll be back there again. Can't wait. Soon. I remember you and I had a spirited discussion uh, bordering on an argument, <laughs> a debate around college. Yes. Now, you just met our son, Nick, who's yes. working on production side for our company, um, who's a senior, going into his senior year of high school, and his younger brother a year behind. Talk all about college. We, as we do this program late in the summer of 2020, we don't know what college is going to look like, online, combi hybrid, right. whatever. You were saying hey, there are an awful lot of people who wind up going to college 200 grand plus if, if you're lucky enough to be able to save that kind of money with families. You said right. a, lot of that, a lot of those people shouldn't be going to college. Take that money, put it into... XYZ, whatever. My, I mean, uh, put it into you getting educated in your way. You know, I think what we're seeing now is a spirited debate, and I think COVID has revved it up, which is, look, Knock on wood, there's a lot of kids who are watching right now and families who can afford college. When I talk about college, I talk about, look, the practicality of going into that level of debt with that interest rate, with no ability to even go bankrupt to clear it, which is something you can do in many other arenas, but not college. You know, we need to start debating if this is right, especially because the jobs, unlike you and I, when we were coming out, the jobs are not clamoring outside of the top 10% of schools, and I would argue top 3% of schools, to hire these individuals. I think there's an unlimited amount of people who should go to college, but I equally believe that there's an unlimited amount that should not. And I think it's circumstantial, but I do think that there's a lot of parents, I mean, Steve, back to that point. There, I've gotten thousands of emails in the last 60 days from parents who were like, you were the biggest thorn in my side. I didn't like that this is what you were talking about, but I got to say, I'm awfully frustrated with my daughter's college right now because online courses, the hell, I, I'm paying for the experience. I'm paying that's for right. she meets me. And so it's an interesting challenge. I, you know, I think anything that's like, we created something where college was a requirement for the 18 to 22 year olds of our world. And we have way too many creative entrepreneurial and unfortunately people that get put into financial devastation because of it. And we mm. have to debate it. You know, in a few minutes we have left, I'm going to try this on social media. Our daughter, Olivia, who, as we do this is turning 10, spends an awful lot of time and I'm getting more and more concerned about it on, um, <laughs> on oh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, TikTok. Gary, why don't you just take over the show? Yeah. Ask the hey, everybody, name. here we are. <laughs> okay. But you're right. And I, there's a whole, you know, the Chinese government. Sure. I, I'm not going to get into that. But I said, Olivia, what are you doing? Because my wife and I said, when was the last book that she read? And we started <laughs> talking about that. Olivia watches, a, I guess her name is Charlie D'Amelio. You know, I'm sure you know. 
Of course I know. Dad, you have no idea how many followers. She has way more followers than you do on Twitter. She's a celebrity. You're not. And we're talking about this whole thing. I said my ego had to get out of it. And I realized, yeah, who's this Charlie D'Amelio? Why am I saying this? What about, what do you say to the parents of these kids, 10, 11, 12, 9, 10, whatever, on TikTok thinking, I'm going to be the next Charlie D'Amelio? They think they're entrepreneurs of tomorrow, you say? I say a couple things. One, I never am interested in telling anybody how to parent their child. So I'm going to go extremely macro. Sure. I think that I think parents need to let merit play out more. I say, oh, you're gonna be a celebrity, show me. You know, the second a parent says no, the kid be right here, I love, thank you, Steve, right? The second you say no, in the whole, I say yes, show me in the next year. Oh, parents, I got a secret for you. 99.999% of the kids are not gonna become celebrities, are not gonna become entrepreneurs. It's actually hard. It's actually hard. You know, this notion of like every, you know, now, what I do think though is it will give parents an incredible insight to their actual child. I'm a big fan of freedom. You know, I was born in the Soviet Union. In Russia, they put you in a box. I, and then in America, you have a lot of freedom, but if you get into trouble, you might go in a box. Yep. I think more parents should take a capitalistic approach. You know, obviously safety and all that, everyone parents, but I call child's bluff let them come through and let them stand on their own two feet. The place where parents get into trouble is, mom, dad, I'm an entrepreneur and give me 5,000 bucks, which is fine, but remind them that they have to pay you back or do something else. I think that we lack merit a lot of times. Your kid's gonna be the next TikTok star? Let them show you in six months. Here's the best bet any parents can make. Parents want kids to do things. Kids wanna do things. I, as a parent, a thousand out of a thousand times make a bet with my child that looks like this. All right. I want you to do this, you wanna do this, I'm gonna give you six months to be a TikTok star. At the end, if you haven't amassed 150,000 followers or more, you then have to do this. Violin camp, better grades in school, clean around the house, whatever it is. 99% of the parents are gonna win the bet. And oh, by the way, for the 1% that don't, they're gonna be thrilled because their kid has something. You know, as, you know, as I listen to you talk about this, and by the way, you just helped a lot of parents right there. <laughs> I've also watched people ask you questions, younger people than you, who have, hey, I want to do this, I want to do that. You, you're in their face, and, I, and you do it in a supportive, collegial way, but you confront what you consider BS and challenge. Because I want them to win. Right? Because you're not a big fan of, I hate to say this cliche, Gary, you're not a big fan of everyone getting a trophy, right? I'm not, and not because, listen, I, I have an 11 and eight year old. I want, I'm, I'm a bleeding heart for my children like every single other person. Same here. But they're gonna lose. We have demonized losing. We have demonized losing. And so when you do that, we have an entire generation of individuals who genuinely don't know how to stand on their own two feet. And more importantly, and this is the big one, you said something very early on. You said you're confident. My mom's execution, I might, like now in hindsight, as I think back, she gave me confidence, but there was always consequences. You know, I remember, and she never let me make excuses. Steve, one time I went over, I was a really good baseball player until size and speed and athleticism matter. Did you play second base or shortstop? I caught and pitched. I have great hand-eye coordination. Yes. But by, okay. by the time I was in sixth grade, it was over. Too much athleticism okay. needed. But I was really good as a kid because of hand-eye. That I have. I struck out once, John Longo, if you're watching, from Edison, New Jersey, destroyed me, he had it. And I came into the car and tried to make an excuse and she shut it down in a second. I think the reason I go straight with kids is 
parents and school, like systems have been created in the modern last 30 years of America that are over coddling kids. And the problem is then they go into real life and mommy and daddy aren't around. And I think we have become, because we hate to see them upset, we over coddle. The problem is that's eliminating so much of the reality. And then we're dealing with upset kids in perpetuity. You know, it, uh, you know, I, I, we have to let you go because of time, but I'm going to tell you something. Um, your guy, what was your guy's name, Longo? John Longo, yes. I'm a sophomore at SS Catholic High School. I was playing football, but I went out for the baseball team, played freshman. I, I wasn't very good, but it was Tommy Malanga. I know you're watching, Tommy. <laughs> you had a curveball that I couldn't hit. I pulled back because I didn't well, recognize you were get hit, yeah. You struck me out three times in the last tryout, and I was the last guy to get cut from the baseball team. And I remember looking at the list, and my name wasn't on it, and all the other my best friends were. I didn't die. Not only didn't you die, I would argue with everything I've got that it was a foundational brick to the man that you are right this second. I just wish I could take that, Gary, and believe that for our kids, instead of trying to create all these cushions and, and parachutes and I'll protect you and I don't want them to feel bad because you're right, losing, not to mention I lost my seat in the state legislature at 26, 27 years of age. It's why I'm where I am now. And it's not about me, it's Gary's point. Losing and learning from it. We I'm sorry, to. Gary. I get, no, 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 I, I love you, I love you for that. No, no, losing needs to be put on a pedestal and we demonized it, which made kids scared of it. Losing is why I'm here. Losing is why I love the Jets so much. I love the Jets way more than the Yankees. I loved them both as a kid, but the Yankees won for me. The losing is the part I adore. It's the process, not the trophy. By the way, Gary told me last time, he still believes you're, one of your greatest goals is to do what with the Jets? Own them and bring a Super Bowl here. I promise, Jet fans, I'm working on it. You were too, you weren't even born. 1969, my little kid. I missed it. It was Joe Willie really? Namath. What's this remind you of? The end of the day, him going into the tunnel. January 12th, 1969, the greatest day that I wasn't living for. I missed it. Sports Illustrated had it 41-0 Colts as their official prediction. I'm I'm devastated I missed it, but I dream of a day where I get to taste it. Well, Joe Willie Namath believed in himself. Gary Vandershuk believes in himself and the Jets. And um, I cannot thank you enough, Gary. I wish you, your family, your company, um, not just success, but even more important than that, to stay safe, be well. And, and, and thank you so much, Gary. All the best. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you, pal. I'm Steve Adubato. That's Gary Vanderchuk. We'll be right back after this. To watch more Think Tank with Steve Adubato, find us online and follow us on social media. Valley's all about making life easier for clients, and that's why we're all about smiles, too. So every day, we make it possible for home buyers to become homeowners, for folks chasing their dreams to become entrepreneurs, for parents to plan today for their children's tomorrow, and for communities to get better every day. You see, when we know we've put a smile on a customer's face, well, that puts one on ours, too. Wow, uh, Nicole, the, the, one of the last things Gary said about TikTok and our daughter, it was not just our daughter, kids obsessed with social media thinking that because you're on it, you're an entrepreneur, go ahead.
Yeah, it's interesting to hear. I mean, every parent wants their kids to succeed and wants them to be happy, but sometimes those hard conversations have to be had to tell your kid, do everything you can to be successful, but you know, you might fail sometimes. So it's powerful parenting advice. Yeah, it, it really is. And you didn't expect that from Gary Vanderchuk. Um, but I'm going to say this. One of the things that really struck me about Gary is, you know, for those of us parents who are always trying to make sure our kids don't lose, Gary's like, no, there's a lesson in losing. And none of us want to lose. Nicole, while we're of different generations, she's competitive, I'm competitive, but that doesn't mean there's a guarantee of winning, right? Absolutely. And it's the whole concept of the participation trophy. Maybe we all shouldn't be getting rewarded for just showing up. Maybe you need to work a little bit harder to be recognized in certain ways. So um, it's, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. And by the way, the lessons we learn when we wind up not winning, but coming up short could in many ways be more important than ever. On that note, uh, I'm Steve Adubato. That is Nicole Swinerton, our senior producer of Think Tank. We thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Think Tank with Steve Adubato has been a production of the Caucus Educational Corporation. Funding has been provided by RWJ Barnabas Health, New Jersey Institute of Technology, the New Jersey Economic Development Authority, PSENG, Valley Bank, United Airlines, Gibbons PC, Summit City MD, and by Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters. Promotional support provided by ROINJ and by the New Jersey Business and Industry Association.